It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Tonaguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Matt Lowe, who is co-founder and CEO of ZeroKey. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Oh, thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about uh, ZeroKey. What uh, what exactly it is and what do you guys do? Sure, you bet. Uh, so ZeroKey is an industrial IoT company. Um, and our, our big uh, claim to fame is that we track things really, really accurately and precisely uh, in 3D space. So you can think of it kind of like GPS, but it works indoors. Okay. How did this start? And, uh, and, and uh, maybe give me a little bit of the history of uh, how it came about. <laughs> I don't know how much time you have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it started actually. ZeroKey was uh, a business recreated for the uh, augmented reality and virtual reality industry, um, which isn't where we ended up. So we, we did make a bit of a pivot in between. Um, but it actually started, the, the whole impetus for the company was actually my, my eldest daughter, who when she was younger was quite the, the colicky baby. And uh, at the time, I was doing a lot of software development work uh, on a consulting basis. And I, I had a couple deadlines that I had to, to get some code finished for. And unfortunately, though, my daughter was just so colicky and so cranky, I couldn't set her down. So I was just constantly having to rock her. And it, it was somewhat frustrating for me because I, I knew exactly the code that I just had to get from my brain into the computer. But I, I just didn't have free hands to, to sit down and type it. And, you know, I, I, I thought back, you know, you know, there's all these sci-fi movies like Minority Report and with Tom Cruise and stuff like that, where, you know, you got these awesome sci-fi interfaces where you can interact with your hands. I was like, well, why couldn't I get one of those? And it uh, turns out that, you know, most of them are science fiction and, and the fiction part is true. Um, and so we actually started Zero Key to develop kind of this next generation human machine interface. And, um, and that's actually where the name comes from. So we wanted to build a virtual keyboard uh, or, you know, in other words, a keyboard with zero keys. And so that's, that's where we started. And uh, we, we kind of built this really, really awesome positioning technology to fuel that human machine interface um, use case. And, uh, and then we got pulled kind of by our nose into the industrial space where there's just a, a huge product market fit for, for the tech we ended up developing. When did you start it? What year? So we're a little about uh, three year, a little over three years old. Um, so 2016. How has uh, the business been like uh, since you started? Um, well, it's it's never what you expect. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, absolute. Just had had a wild uh, time. You know, meeting some of the people uh, that we got to meet along the way, uh, building the team, bringing bringing a, a big team around us. We're up to about 30. 30 guys now in house. So uh, uh, it was a bit of a change from the early days when it was a company of one. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, you know, you wouldn't trade it for anything. Now you're based in Calgary. Um, what have been, what has been the, I guess, key benefits of doing business in Calgary and being an entrepreneur in Calgary? Well, I mean, to, to start, you don't have to pay triple the rates for, for uh, tech talent like you would in the Bay Area. So um, it's really cost effective. And, and, you know, you hear that a lot, uh, you know, from, from really famous tech founders and whatnot that, uh, 
they didn't necessarily have to be in you know the Bay Area. Sometimes it made a lot more sense to to be somewhere where you could actually build a business uh, without uh, necessarily straining your cash flow and stuff like that. So um, that's one of the big benefits in Calgary. And I think right now, because so much of the workforce is retooling and and, and you know is uh, with the economic downturn in the oil and gas industry has open the doors, I think, for a lot of people to come into the tech space. And so really we have such a wealth of talent here in Alberta that maybe doesn't get the recognition it deserves. I mean, we're so good at engineering and, you know, engineering in the oil and gas industry has historically encompassed so many different fields that is really also included in tech. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you can take the same kind of skill set and apply it in, you know, maybe a slightly different way, but you don't necessarily have to start over at, uh, you know, uh, step one. So that that's one of the big advantages. And we've actually been able to leverage that as we built our team. Okay. So when uh, you're looking at on the flip side of that question, uh, what have been sort of the, like, I guess the challenges of doing business and, and being a business owner in Calgary? You know, this is a question that comes up all the time. And if you talk to tech founders, we almost have like a unanimous opinion on it, uh, which is rare, especially for founders. Um, but uh, this, the fact of the matter is, in, in this area of the country, of Canada in particular, you know, we historically have not invested in a whole lot of tech. And so there is kind of this hesitance, this inertia that we're fighting. Um, you know, there's a lot of capital uh, and we're very entrepreneurial, um, and, but it, it's not flowing as quickly into tech as you see in a lot of other areas. And it's just because people are not yet comfortable with it. Um, it is changing. It's getting better. Uh, but that's, I'd say, access to capital is probably one of the, the biggest challenges here. So is it a matter of, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we're so oil and gas uh, centric and have been, you know, in our history that it's tough to uh, overcome, I guess, that image and perception and perhaps the rest of Canada that, you know, Calgary, hey, Calgary is more than oil and gas. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, I think it's both of those things and, you know, the calculus is different when you look at valuing a tech company and investing in a tech company. Um, you're looking at different metrics, uh, different ways to make your money back, different cycle times uh, in terms of when you could see an exit. Uh, so it's, it, it is a, a different world and that's, it's definitely one of those things that brings people out of their comfort zone if they've historically been in the oil and gas industry. Yeah, exactly. What's your vision for the company as you uh, look forward? Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a fun one. Um, so we're scaling like crazy. So, you know, a year and some ago, we were about six people. Now we're about 30. Uh, we're going to be about 60 by the end of 2020 and, and opening a few offices around the world, uh, one in Germany pretty soon. And uh, we already have kind of a, a space down, uh, down across the border as well. Um, you know, I think the big thing for us, we're right on that inflection point where our technology is really starting to be adopted by the market. Uh, you know, we've really found a clear part of, uh, product market fit. And kind of one of my um, favorite sayings when it, when it comes to this actually comes from um, uh, Mark Andreessen. He always, he always says, uh, you know, his product market fit is one of those things that you always know you have. Um, you know, when you found it, you know, you, you know, it. there's no question and product is flying off the shelves and and you can't keep things stocked uh, long enough. And that's, uh, that's really kind of the point that we've just hit. So it's, it's an exciting uh, next 12 to 24 months for us where 
We're just moving actually right now into a new space uh, here in Calgary, um, but it'd be a bigger space be four times as big as we're in now. And I know uh, a lot of the guys in the office here would be happy because I'm about to have a mutiny on my hands if uh, we didn't get that nailed down. So, <laughs> so what has been your uh, your biggest challenge in, in setting up and uh, in operating this company right now or over the last couple of years? Yeah, so I think it's the same for for every startup and and it's, uh, well, you know, except for the guys that, that uh, are, are, you know, just happen to nail it right out of the gate. But finding, finding product market fit in any, any company, whether it is a growth startup or not, is the challenge, right? That's, that's the, the tough thing, the, the filter that most startups never make it past. And that, that was a challenge for us. You know, as I mentioned, we started out uh, trying to do the human machine interface stuff. And, and, you know, we still have some tangentially related stuff going in that world. But, um, you know, finding a product market fit took us a while and, and we had to change how we approached the industry. We even changed which customers we were approaching and, uh, yeah, really, really had to learn a lot about the industries we were getting into. Uh, so that was by far the biggest challenge. Okay. So, uh, you know, looking back in time, uh, what you know now, uh, what would have been helpful for you when you first started? Yeah. Uh, so many things. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think one of the big things is uh, you're kind of forced to learn how to set things up uh, to operationally succeed. You know, you can have the best tech, you can have the best everything, but if you are not set up to execute, uh, then it doesn't really matter. And, you know, we, we've kind of um, trial by fire and, and learned a lot of hard lessons uh, in the uh, earlier days. I think a lot of those things I would, I would bring with me if we were to do it all over again, you know, it, and it's little things like, you know, understanding what, what lead times would be through certain manufacturers when, you know, what are the holidays in, in a different country that is producing a key component to your product. Uh, and just, you know, all of the little things that add up, all the little details that uh, you might not uh, take into account your, your first go around. Okay, then. Um, when you look back over uh, the, the beginnings of this uh, company and up till now, is there any piece of advice that you kind of resonates with you and sticks with you that uh, uh, you've heard or been told or, uh, for being an entrepreneur? Yeah. There, there, so there's one key piece um, and it's kind of a non-answer. So I, I apologize in advance. Uh, probably my favorite book on, on startups in general is um, uh, Ben Horowitz's book, the hard thing about hard things. And uh it really does kind of hit home that there's not any given magic formula. Uh, you know, anyone who kind of tells you that uh, they have all the answers is is probably lying to you. And, and one of the, the challenges is, especially in the early stage where everyone is really looking, you know, you have all these questions and, and you know, as a startup, you don't necessarily have the answers. Um, I think, I think realizing that, that advice is really about realizing that, you know, the challenge is unique for every business, for every entrepreneur, and uh, there really aren't any any easy ways uh, out. You, you know, it's all about putting in the hard work and, and the effort and uh, really uh, trying to, to figure out for that specific business how you have to, you know, champion it through to the next level. Okay. Outside of your office environment, obviously, we're the mind is always going on about work, et cetera. What kind of things do you do or, uh, or what kind of activities that uh, do take place in your life that 
you seem to find creativity flowing and ideas popping up. Any, anything like that in your world? Uh, well, I don't get a whole lot of time outside of work these days. <laughs> um, yeah, scaling up, the one thing they never tell you is, is how much uh, you actually spend more time working than, than you expected. And it's supposed to go the other way in an ideal picture, but uh, it never does. Yeah, I think for creativity, um, is more a mindset than it is a place. Um, and really, and you'll, you'll find this with a lot of founders and whatnot, but uh, they have a mindset that when they see something that's wrong with whether it's you know, the way something's built or even to the way traffic lights are set up, I've heard lots of, lots of ideas about that, but you'll find that they're always looking for ways to improve things. Uh, they're always looking for, uh, you know, how could this be built better than it is right now? Yeah, exactly. Going to switch gears a little bit, ask you a couple of personal questions. Uh, Matt, um, everybody these days has a bucket list, a personal bucket list. Is there, do you have one in it? Uh, and what sort of sits atop that bucket list right now? Sure, sure. You know, the, there's lots of little things. Um, it is right now, especially at this point in time where we're so ultra focused on business, it's a little, uh, little hard to focus on the other the other stuff. At one point in time, one of the things I always want to do is uh, do an Atlantic crossing on uh, a sailboat. So that's uh, definitely the top of the list. Um, hopefully at some point in the future, I'll get the chance to do that. But uh, yeah, I'd say that would be my top pick. Okay, super. Um, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, uh, what kind of career or business uh, do you think or profession would you be involved in, do you think? That's a tough one. Um, so I'm a software developer by trade, I guess, you know, that has been my background. Um, but I've always been entrepreneurial, uh, you know, right, right ever since uh, I got into the workforce. So I think it would be something software related. But, you know, I, I would imagine myself just really doing the whole startup thing all over again. Oh, cool. You mentioned books. So obviously, you do read books. Is there anything that's, uh, that you can tell me that's been a, an important book for you in your journey as an entrepreneur outside of the one you mentioned earlier? Yeah, not a huge reader. So I, I guess other than the one book that I'm about to quote. Uh, so there, it was Andy uh, Groves, or Grover, I can't remember his last name quite, uh, his book, actually. And, and forgive me, I can't remember the title off the top of my head. His book helped me out a lot. You know, it, it was one of those things where you know, he kind of broke down a typical day. And so he was CEO of Intel, um, broke down a lot of the different day-to-day -day ways he operated his business. And it, it kind of gives you a little head start, I think, when you're, you're first getting out there and scaling a company because you, can, you don't have to learn a lot of lessons the hard way um, if you take the advice, I guess. But he also does say too, and this is maybe somewhat true uh, for my case, is that you, know, you kind of have wartime CEOs and you have peacetime CEOs. And it's, you know, depending on what flavor you fall into really also determines, you know, how much, how you kind of conduct yourself uh, when it comes to free time and whatnot. And, uh, you know, more often than not, you have wartime CEOs that, that don't really end up reading a whole lot of books on, on the startup world and, and peacetime CEOs that do. And, and frankly, you need both, right? You know, it's not to say that you need one or the other. Um, but I, I'm definitely more on the, or at least I, I would call myself, I don't know, uh, objectively what it would be, but I'd be more on the wartime side because I, I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, uh, reading uh, various startup books. Okay. If you had uh, one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? You know, unrelenting 
uh, a lot, I guess. And the main reason is just that, especially when it comes to startups, you're going to hear no, uh, you know, a hundred times a day. And, and really your goal is to, to make it through, you know, hearing it a hundred times one day and maybe hear it 99 times the next day. And then eventually you get down to where the no's turn into yeses. Um, and if you don't have that, it's really hard to, to start a startup because it, it doesn't matter whether you're Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, or pick any other famous uh, founder, uh, they were all in the same situation where you hear no basically nonstop. Okay. Do you have a favorite place outside of Calgary that you'd like to visit? Um, I, we were just on a trade mission uh, through the, the government of uh, Alberta, actually, to Singapore. Uh, Singapore is really, really nice place. Uh, really enjoyed it there. Uh, of course, it's a nice soft landing, too, when, when the government throws that kind of support there to to help uh, companies expand their exports and whatnot. So uh, I, I throw that at the top of the list. Okay, and so we're, we're really creatures of habit, right? Where we get into sort of patterns and routines, et cetera. Do you have a daily routine that you follow uh, every day? Um, I, I wish. Uh, <laughs> so one of, one of the challenges with our company is that none of our clients are local here, or very few are. I guess we, we have a, a handful, but most of our, our clients are across Europe and Asia. And uh, so, yeah, we're constantly on the road. Um, so it doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for, for some of those rigid habits, you know, aside of my coffee, I need, I need my coffee or I can't, you know, add two and two together, but uh, outside of that, not really. Yeah. I'm uh, with you on the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to present to you a, a scenario and uh, just want to get your reaction to it. So imagine a beautiful tropical Island in the middle of the ocean uh, with only one phone booth and absolutely no other technology whatsoever there. We're going to drop you off there. And at any time, you can use the phone booth to call us and uh, we'll come pick you up. Uh, two questions here. First of all, how long do you think you would last before making that phone call? And secondly, uh, just what do you think you'd be doing while you were there? I don't think I'd last very long. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely one of those guys that, uh, you know, I see the grass is greener approach to, to really having that relaxation, but it, uh, I never seem to be satisfied with it. Um, so I think I, I'm one of those types of people that always needs to be doing things. So I don't think I'd last a huge amount of time. And while I'm there, uh, probably think about the next, next thing I want to be working on, uh, or, or, you know, solving the last problem I was working on that I haven't solved yet. Okay, super. Is there anything you'd like to add, Matt, before you leave us today? No, I just want to say thanks. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to chat with you and your, your viewers and uh, really enjoy the, the podcast and uh, be uh, following it uh, quite a bit myself. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.